0: This episode is sponsored by porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings.
1: Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka.
2: I'm Joelle Steiniger.
3: And I'm Matt Goldman.
2: And we're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue.
3: Check out our book at howtobuildtherocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today we talked with Drew Stroney, former NFL player who went on to start a successful WordPress theme company and is now shifting focus to his product, Memberful. We learned about how Memberful was built internally out of necessity and later open to the public. We also talk about how to stay positive and hungry despite moving slower than your competition when you have a tiny
1: team. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with Drew Stroni, the founder of The Theme Foundry and Memberful. Drew, welcome.
4: Hey, thanks, Michael, for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, So you were drafted into the NFL in 2004, and in 2007 you started the theme foundry tell us a little bit about that transition
4: yeah so uh i went to duke university i graduated in 2003 i played football in high school and then played football in college and was somewhat successful at it so ended up getting drafted by the new york giants in in 2004 i was a seventh round pick so i wasn't like a high draft pick i didn't get millions of dollars or anything crazy Uh, i think my you know Signing bonus was like forty thousand um, dollars, and I was a journeyman in the NFL, which basically means I bounced around to a lot of different teams. I didn't really stick with any teams. I didn't play. Um, I just was kind of trying to make it for, and, and I did that for uh, three years, and I never really stuck anywhere. But it was a really fun and exciting journey, and and, and obviously a great experience. Uh, so when I finished that. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was my wife now. We had been living in a lot of different cities. We had lived in Tampa. We had lived in St. Louis, and um, we lived in Philadelphia. And they're all great cities. Most recently, we were in St. Louis, but we were looking to kind of do something totally different uh, because we had been kind of forced to live in those cities. It wasn't like, hey, you guys can choose there. It's just, you know, this is where the job is, so you have to go there. So now that we were done and we had a little bit of money saved up, we said, let's let's just go do something, you know, different and exciting. So uh, we moved to Boise, Idaho in uh, the fall of 2007 uh, because it was a small town and it had great outdoor activities and it just seemed like a cool place. And uh, most people probably have a weird perception of Boise, but it's actually, it's really awesome. And if any of you guys get to go out there, uh, you should definitely check it out at some point. Um, so anyway, we, we moved there and, and decided to start a, uh, a marketing company initially. And that was more, you know, I'd gone on a couple of interviews and we got there for jobs and I just decided that I wanted to try and do something myself. And, uh, Jennifer was on board with that. And so we, we decided we had this great, brilliant idea, which, uh, you know, in hindsight wasn't that brilliant, but we thought it was great when, when we were starting out to sell, um, to sell advertising to restaurants, um, or in restaurants for local advertisers. So what we do is kind of do tabletop um, displays and we would design them and and then broker basically a contract between the restaurant and a local advertiser and take some of the money and it was really it was a good experience it was a good learning experience because I, I had to put on a suit I had to go out and talk to people every day I had to learn how to sell like you know kind of in person and really you know try you know spend a lot of time basically with pounding pavement trying to sell and and we made it we made it work and you know it was just the two of us and we didn't have any expenses so. Um, but we made it work, and we were making money, and it and it was successful. But uh, I started to hear a lot about people wanting websites, and it had been a hobby of mine doing website design. I'd done it while I was playing in the NFL, kind of in my spare time, and uh, I kept hearing it. And I always thought, well, that's not something I really want to do. But at some point, it was like, well, we could make extra money doing this. So let's just do it. So um, we started doing it, and and you know, basically, at that time, WordPress was one of the only options out there really and um so we decided to use uh, you know obviously there are other options but it was the easiest thing to use with um you know if you want to get a site up quickly and and have it so the client could you know make changes themselves and stuff so we started working with wordpress i got comfortable with wordpress i started to get involved in the wordpress community went to some wordpress meetups and uh, some WordCamps camps and did some of that stuff and uh, around that time this is so now we're getting into 2008 and and um WordPress themes were kind of, they were kind of new, but you could see people, there were a few people that were maybe making some money doing it. And, and, uh, so I decided to try my hand at a theme and I just put out a free theme in 2008 and it ended up being really successful. It got featured on Mashable and it got in the, on WordPress.com back when WordPress.com didn't have many themes. And so it kind of garnered a lot of attention for our little side project and uh, so after a few months of getting a lot of attention and a lot of traffic, we decided to try and monetize it. And so we just threw up a basic, uh, setup where you could pay, uh, for a lifetime membership and you could get access to all our themes. And in hindsight, that was a little short sighted, you know, pricing it so, so that you could get, you know, access to all our stuff forever. But, uh, we got a lot of initial customers and it showed us the potential of the market and, you know, without going into too much more detail, you know, for the next three years, we kind of worked really hard at that. And um, it grew and grew and grew. And in at this point, we've got uh, three full time people working on it, along with myself and and Jennifer. And um, yeah, so that's kind of the story of how we got started, I guess.
3: And now you're focused on Memberful?
4: well yeah so we (laughs) memberful was a product or it's 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 a software as a service that we have that another product that we have um, that initially started as a uh basically a side project for the theme foundry it's like a need that we had because i wasn't happy with any of the membership software out there and so we decided to build our own and and went through that whole process and then it kind of uh, decided, hey, maybe we should try selling this, and then you know that's that's how we've got to there. So uh, my role is working on both projects. I'm, I'm more heavily involved with Memberful because it requires more attention and there's less of us over there, but uh, I'm still pretty heavily involved in both.
3: So take us through the history of Memberful um, after building it for yourselves. What did the next year or two look like, and and how quickly did you move through different phases of the beta? and is it fully out of that now what does it look
4: like these days right so you know we moved really really slowly and if there's anything that i could do again it would be to move faster and um but that, i think that sometimes it's just a lesson you learn and that's i think that's something i've learned in both on both sides of business uh, the importance of getting things done versus having to be perfect all the time and um so it took us um almost a year i think to build it originally as like a side project and then uh, we started using it ourselves and we really liked it and then we launched it in beta last spring so a little over a year ago and then we opened it up to everybody last fall so you know we've been open to the public now for probably six or seven months or something like that like you know fully open so uh, that's kind of the timeline i guess
1: and, and just so I understand, were you, you guys were using it to monetize on the Theme Foundry's site?
4: Right. So we were selling WordPress themes with it, which was kind of, you know, when we originally built it, um, we built it uh, in in a way that if you were building this product based on the market, you wouldn't have built it the way we built it. We <laughs> built it originally because we needed it for a specific purpose. And after building it we kind of started to realize hey like we kind of built in some features that or we made some features more important that really aren't important if this is kind of the market that we're trying to hit so it was an interesting um it was interesting coming to that realization and then realizing later like hey we actually have to minimize and 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 focus and not focus on those things that we were actually using it for with the theme foundry and Think about Memberful as its own individual product and do its best for Memberful. And then if it fits with the theme foundry, keep using it. If, you know, if it evolves to something that's not going to fit with the theme foundry, then, you know, um, use something else with the theme foundry.
0: When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country or invent a talking pillow AT&T business eventually talked him into the pillow thing and backed by a reliable network. The only network with built in security controls sleep with rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com.
2: So that's really interesting. You mentioned that you would do things a little differently, uh, based on the market. Um, tell us a little bit about how you found the market you're going after, because I would assume that if you're kind of in this WordPress land, that it would be kind of a natural extension to go after companies that you work with and know well. But it appears that a lot of the um, the audience and the customers for Memberful are um, kind of far from that and more on the community-based side uh, and forums and all that kind of stuff. So, tell us how you kind of found that niche.
4: Right. So, you know, in a way, I think we started to find the niche uh, by when we built the product and started launching it into beta. So, it's interesting. There's a big difference between when you're using something yourself and then when you actually other people start using it and you start seeing the ways they use it and you start seeing what they want and what they need and all of a sudden, your focus starts to shift a lot. So, um, getting it into a beta where we actually had other people using—I mean, when we initially launched the website and announced it, we did an okay job. There was—we got a bunch of traffic to the site. It got—I think it was on Hacker News, and—and and, but w- when I look back at that first, when I look back at the first page we made about it, it was so the the concept that we had in our head about what it was was so different from what it actually is and what it's turned into. Um, and that's all, all of that is because people, people just started using it and we started realizing like, no, this is kind of where we, this is where we fit. It's not, it's not, you know, what we, what we thought before it's, we fit more in this area. So, you know, we've since then we've kind of just followed what, uh, what, the market wants versus like the idea that we had in our head, I guess.
1: And how have you gone about uh, validating that? Um, what are you doing to uh, get in touch with your customers?
4: So, you know, one of the things that's really refreshing about what we're doing is we don't have, we've got a small customer base, but our customers that use the product absolutely love it. So that tells us that we're doing something really right and you know sometimes they want a few more features but the core experience they really really like so um and we're small enough that we've you know almost we've been able to talk to a lot of customers and i've even you know in the early days of when we were getting started earlier this year i would talk to people on the phone routinely about you know what you know what they're trying to use it for and and you know if it solves their problem and what can we do better and that sort of thing so you know we try to talk to customers as much as we can and one of those one of the ways the best ways to do it is just you know reaching out and asking like hey do you want to talk on the phone i'd be happy to talk on the phone that sort of thing and that's something that we um i did a, a ton of when we right when we first launched it publicly in the fall um and it's something that i'd like to get back to doing a, a little bit more of actually
3: hey guys hope you're enjoying the episode i wanted to take a minute to thank codeship for sponsoring the show CodeShip makes continuous deployment simple and easy, and we've actually been ecstatic customers of theirs for a very long time. If you'd like to see how we use CodeShip to deploy our product hook feed, go watch the short video we put together at howtobuildtherocketship.com slash Codeship. Enjoy the rest of the episode.
2: So you mentioned earlier that it's just uh, you and a developer working on this, right. um, and that your role is more of kind of the hustler and you're out there talking to your customers. Uh, blogging and doing those kinds of activities. Talk to us a little bit about what that looks like with your day-to-day and how you're kind of actively getting out there to spread the word about it.
4: Right. So uh, I think a lot of it is uh, just working hard on the small things like, you know, you said blogging and and writing blog posts and talking to customers and um, getting out and talking to other people and talking to potential, I guess, vendors or, you know, like people that we integrate with and, and trying to get, uh, picked up on, on, in those places too. Um, but honestly in the day to day, we, right now we've been, we've been almost like solely focused on product. We spent time trying to get customers, but we still felt like we didn't have as much of a complete offering as we wanted before we really sunk a ton of effort into, you know, a, i guess customer acquisition mainly because we didn't want to spend a a lot of time and money on customer acquisition until we felt like we had a minimal a minimal viable feature set basically i mean the feature set that we had when we launched uh you know we don't want to draw a bunch of people that might be interested in it and then uh you know there's some core features that they want like an example would be free trials like uh, and I haven't really talked about what Memberful actually is, but Memberful is, is software for selling memberships for, to your website. So if you had a popular blog, um, say that it was built on WordPress, especially if it's built on WordPress, if you have a popular blog or something and you want to sell like a monthly membership to that blog and restrict access to blog posts or ebooks or things like that, uh, it makes it, we make it really, really simple. So you basically just sign up, you install the plugin, and uh, you can start protecting stuff right away. Um, members can sign in they can see their profile they can do all these things in it and we've we've built this thing called memberful overlay which keeps them keeps customers on your site the entire time so uh, when they click to purchase it's just like you know like similar to stripe checkout it comes up and and they can go through the process they can and then if they want to manage their account it's also a modal that comes up and they can manage their account and and things like that so um, you know we felt like there was some core some core stuff we needed to do better before we spent a lot of time and energy and money and, and, uh, trying to get, acquire a lot of customers basically.
1: So how are you balancing that? Um, how do you know when, I think it's one of the things that we all struggle with and one of the biggest, right. uh, you know, um, we could always be building more and we love to build. So how do you know when it's enough? Um, do you have like a list of we need X, Y, and Z from our initial testing and when we finish that, I'm going to go back to the market.
4: Right, so yeah, we do, and and one of the things, uh, we're, our target right now is that we're going to start uh, really focusing on the customer acquisition this summer. We're getting really close to getting that, you know, uh, that feature set that we feel is 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 enough that we can then say like, hey, it's worth it to spend a lot of time working on customer acquisition and, and conversion and all these things, which are really super super important. But um, sometimes I think if you get too caught up in that before you actually have a product that has some basic features that everyone really wants, then you're, you're kind of, uh, you're hurting yourself in that way.
2: So can you share with us, uh, what your customer acquisition plans kind of look like? Are you thinking retargeting ads? Um, what kind of roadmap do you have set out for yourself?
4: Well, uh, one of the first things that we want to do is just work on, Actually converting the people that are signing up, so we're actually getting a lot of signups, and we're uh, our conversion rates to paid customers isn't that great right now, but we're getting a lot of people that are basically coming on and and and, and trying the service. So the first, very first focus is going to be um, optimizing that and seeing like if we can improve that first because those are customers that we already have. That's traffic we already have. Those are signups we're already getting. Like, let's optimize that first and see what we can do to, you know, help improve that. And then, once we feel like we've we've kind of uh, unlocked that, and and we feel like it's we're we're getting the conversion rate that we want, then we can uh, start looking at ways to like add more traffic to that uh, funnel. I guess.
3: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. We were just at Microconf all three of us and Heaton Shaw gave a talk that was about, he talked about the funnel of your product and how you should focus on the bottom of the funnel first and work upwards so Mm -hmm. not to focus on driving traffic until you know that you've optimized the lower parts. Right. And there's only so much you can do in each of those phases, but it kind of relates back to what you're saying about product features too. That's the very lowest part of the funnel. Like, is the product ready yet? And then you can focus on the sign-up flow
4: and the onboarding and so on. So, Right. Yeah, and I think it's different. There's stages, and I don't know that there's a perfect way to do it, but it seems logical to me that it's like um, if you think of it physically like a funnel, if you haven't optimized that funnel, why would you spend a lot of time finding more stuff to dump in the funnel that's not going to, you know, work as well as it could if you spent more time first you know optimizing the funnel and the and the market fit and all those things and then you can worry about um like hey now we need to dump a bunch a, a bunch of more people into the into the funnel and you know one of the things that jumps out when you're doing this is that there there are real limitations to having a small team and i'm sure you all know this i mean it's if if you had you know, venture funding and you could have 10 people working on this, you know, everything would just work faster and you could, you know, make, you could get from one point, eight point A to point B so much faster. But, um, you know, there's also some, uh, I guess, joy in working on it and taking it slow and feeling like, you know, Hey, there isn't a huge, we're not in a major rush here. Like, yeah, we're, we, we want to, we want to see this making progress and, but we're not in like you know super rush mode like we need to, this needs to be successful within 6 months or something like it needs to be a, a financial blockbuster within 6 months
1: yeah how did you guys balance that at the beginning i mean that's something that a lot of uh, we're dealing with it and a lot of people that listen are are dealing with um w- did you guys uh have numbers that you wanted to hit with the theme foundry when you were first starting out <laughs> And did you hit them quickly? Was it just kind of a success, or was it something that you were like uh, getting revenue from multiple streams until the theme foundry could stand on its own?
4: Yeah. So originally with the theme foundry, like I said, we we launched that that first theme for free in 2008, and then we started monetizing it in early 2009. During that whole time, I was doing client work too, and yeah. then from the beginning of 2009. Uh, for almost the whole next year, I was still doing client work as kind of like a basically to keep getting money coming in because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't enough that we could focus on it full time. And then in 2010, so it took almost a year and a half before we were ready to say like, hey, this is we're going to focus on this full time right now. And, you know, we're not going to have to take on any more client work. And then um, so I, I know it does take a while, but the Theme Foundry was also a different business. It's we don't run it like a SaaS business. It's more of a product business. So people buy things one off and and then they're happy. And eighty um, percent of our customers use just buy one theme and that's that's what they they came for. They're not, you know, paying us a recurring fee.
1: Interesting. But you guys do have that SaaS model in there um, with the two hundred dollar yearly.
4: We do, we do. So yeah, but that makes up a smaller percentage of our customers, and it is it is a it is a component of the business, but it's not like the um, the main model. And it's mainly just the product is a website template. So people come with a need of like, hey, I need a website template for this website I'm working on, and if your template looks like a good fit, I'm going to buy it. And then, but that's all I really need right now. I don't need you know uh, an ongoing service.
1: Right. So what is, um, I guess, what's the biggest thing that you've learned uh, that you've been able to use on Memberful from running the Theme Foundry for many years? Uh,
4: I think one of the things is the importance of speed. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but um, early on when I started, and I still have this problem to some degree, but I'm very much like a perfectionist. And sometimes when you focus too much on things being perfect, You end up slowing yourself down to the point where you're actually harming your business and over the past four years i've really kind of firsthand come to understand the importance of getting things done versus making sure that they're perfect in every way
1: yeah it's so true um and it, it sounds like you guys are, there's a good balance because y- you, you launch, you test, you go back, you test, you know, um, and that's what really needs to be done. There's no set structure to it. Um, but it sounds like with memberful, you're, you went out to the market, you talked to the people, they came back, now you're building as fast as you can, and then you can go right back to those people, um, who right. said, I need X, Y, and Z, and then right. hopefully they'll become customers, which is what I, I mean, I, we've talked to a lot of people on here and and that seems to be the method um, to do. So that's such amazing
4: advice. Um, Yeah, just more, I mean, related to what you're saying about, you know, customers coming back. And I mean, we look at it like initially, you know, when you first start something like, you know, a SaaS product or SaaS service and you have a very specific vision in your head of what it's going to be. And I think that's important. And I think that you need to keep that vision, but I think you also need to remember that, or or don't take it so seriously that you just write off everything that people, you know, ask for. And I think it's natural to kind of cling to your idea of what you want it to be and to, uh, say, well, we're not going to do that because that's not what we're doing, or, you know, we're not going to go in that direction. And, and, um, sometimes after you hear it enough, uh, I think someone else, uh, blanking on who coined this phrase, I read this recently, it was like complaint driven development, basically like you start hearing the same complaint so many times. You're like, really? Like we, we really do need to do this. Like, it's very, very obvious that people really, really want this. And no matter how much we don't think it's important, it really is important.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, I know we've been really guilty of that here. Um, and it, it's, it's hard. And once you get into the complaint driven development, um, you're, you're kind of behind the curb there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's not a good place to be when you're just trying to get caught up with what people want. Whereas if you listened in the beginning, um, it's a lot easier to kind of frame a product around what people want, um, rather right. than your ideas.
4: Totally. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you're definitely in catch up mode. And when you've only got a couple of people that you're, you know, everything seems to be crawling. Yeah. Um, so, um, but I think it's also important to realize that like, you know, any great business isn't built or most, most great businesses aren't built overnight. And, uh, sometimes you can get, it can be really, uh, anxiety filled in the day to day and the week to week. But a lot of time these, these things take like years and that's, you know, sometimes you need to be okay with that and you need to keep plugging away for long periods of time before you start to see, uh, real success.
1: Absolutely. Did you guys kinda celebrate the small wins um as you were going in that year and a half to keep yourselves motivated?
4: Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, on a day to day, just like launching features and like getting some good response from customers and seeing people excited about it. I mean, that's what's gonna kinda keep you excited about the product. I mean, I don't, I feel like if you didn't get that if you didn't get that feedback loop of of getting some kind of feed you know, if you just felt like you were putting stuff out there and nobody cared, then uh it would be a lot less enjoyable because you wouldn't feel like you're, you know, making people's lives easier.
1: One last, I mean, one last question kind of around that. Um do you think if you hadn't gotten that kind of positive feedback, um would you have continued or would you have taken it as a sign that maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be?
4: Well, I I think I think there's always points where th- there's peaks and valleys, where there's times when you're in that valley and you feel like we're not getting, you know, there's we're not getting enough positive feedback, and you know maybe this isn't the right thing or or whatever. But I think you have to realize that it comes and goes, and you can't get. You, you kind of have to keep your head down and and keep pushing through. So I, I guess though to answer your question. Eventually, yeah. I mean, if if you keep doing stuff and you keep trying things and nobody seems to care, then, you know, eventually you you don't really have a business because nobody's, you know, um, using your service. And, and the thing that's really been, I guess, rewarding for us and um, makes it exciting for the future of what we're doing is that, and I said this before, but we've had... Our churn rate has been really, really low, and we've and the customers that are using our the software. I mean, granted, we haven't been around for two years, so we don't know. Maybe, maybe all these people are going to leave in a year, and we're going to say, "Well, we were totally wrong about that." But so far, um, the people that are using the software have been really happy with it, and um, you know, have you know told us that uh, unequivocally that they're really happy with it, and, and they and they haven't been leaving. So. Uh, to us, that's a good sign that, you know, there's, there's people that need this service are are really enjoying using our, our, our product.
1: Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Drew, for coming on.
4: Yeah, no, thank you guys. It was great. It was great chatting. And um, yeah, I I appreciate you having me on.
1: And tell us where we can keep up with you and um, both the theme foundry and um, memberful.
4: Okay. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter, uh, at Drew Stroney. So my last name and, um, I, I'm not, I don't tweet a ton, but, uh, that'd be the best place. And then for the theme foundry, it's just, uh, HTTPS, the theme com, And for memberful it's HTTPS, uh, memberful.com. So, uh, either one of those sites, check them out. Uh, if you have any questions about any of either the theme founder or memberful don't hesitate to uh shoot us an email we're really take customer support seriously so we'll get we'll usually get back to you right away awesome thank you
3: cool thanks man yeah no thanks thanks for listening to another episode of the rocket ship podcast if you haven't yet pop open itunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes we have some really great ones lined up
2: and while you're there leave us a review we really appreciate each and every one of them